There we go. That's Megan Trainer. Her latest track is called Don't I Make It Look Easy. That's possibly related to the question that I had about kitchen mishaps. That's maybe a good question to ask somebody like Annalou Leroux. <laughs> I don't think it is. Uh, how are you in the kitchen? You know what? I'd be lying if I said I was fantastic. Um, <laughs> no, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm curious to know where we're going. Yeah, yeah it's, it's not good, Shaul. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You would be ashamed. Uh, right. I'm okay. I'm okay. Okay. So, do you have like a favorite dish to make or, or like a trademark? Um, every, everybody knows um, Analu for making. I, I go for the easiest thing, which is like a cheese plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, so nothing crazy at all. So, sweating um, over a, a, yes. a, a Woolies card. And, yeah, and, a, you know, camembert and yes, I'm here for that. and stuff like that. <laughs> um, well, yeah, one of my favorite things. And if you ever want to step it up, um, you can do sesame coated or just some panko crumbed um, camembert wedges with a chili plum jam. Oh, wow. Okay, see, that's, yes. that's taking it to the next level. Yes. That's a step up. People are going to be like, you learned some stuff. Um, and if you don't feel like individually kind of um, sesame seed coating those, the, the easier way is just to wrap it in uh, phyllo pastry, bake yes. the whole thing, and then <laughs> one-stop shopping. And amazing. Yeah, ta-da. Yeah. Um, welcome. Thank you. Um, to that side of the desk. <laughs> yes, it, it does feel strange. But you have sat on that side of the desk in your previous uh, radio jobs. I have in, in, in various places. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, different you know, situations and, and yeah. so on. So I've been kind of all over, let's say, around the table <laughs> right. and behind the glass. Got it. Yeah. So, not to jump the gun, uh, where are you from? <laughs> I am from Craddock. Oh. Yes. Did not know that. You okay. didn't? No. Yeah, I'm from Craddock, right. small town. Everyone okay. knows it. Oh, we, have, um, we have a few a few friends um, who farm just outside Craddock. Yeah, I grew up on a dairy farm there. Ah. Um, my parents still live there and I was there my whole life till after matric so yeah eastern cape born and bred uh, so mm. schooling wise that would mean what for you craddock high school okay yeah shout out <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so small town girl yeah with big city ambition i guess so i think when you when you when you grow up in a small town you kind of have that ambitions you know you're like i want to get out I want to, it, I want to is, see the, the world. I think for a lot of people, for, for most people, maybe not. For me, that was the case. I was like, I want to see what what's happening in the rest of the country, you know. Um, and I think that's probably why I went to study in, in the Northwest, which is like so far from Craddock. Yeah. <laughs> I guess for me, I just wanted to see what else was out there. And I went to Potch, studied and went to Joburg after that. So right. it's a big move. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and by yourself. Yeah. Yo, that's a little scary, I won't lie. Um, but let, let's talk about the, the studying. What did you study? I studied BA Communication Studies, um, and then I did my honours degree in Journalism and Multimedia. Um, so journalism was kind of the thing that I was attracted to, I guess. And there's a lot of facets within it. So you you, you don't just write for newspapers, right? So uh, there's a whole different you know, career path that you can take if you study journalism. And I loved languages. For me, languages has always been like my favorite thing. So um, I had English and I did lit literature. And so I loved writing like ever since I was in school. So I think that's why I kind of gravitated towards journalism and just kind of the media industry in a whole. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, and yeah, kind of writing and language is now 
kind of what kind you of do, what in, I your, do. In, your, in your day job. I know, and it's not what I thought would happen. Like when I study journalism, you don't think oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a copywriter. You know, I'm I'm gonna write some ads. Yes. <laughs> that's that's not the first thing that comes up. So it's strange how life takes you in a bunch of different paths. What kind of people are journalism students generally? Sure, I think it depends on where you go. Okay. Like you get people who are really, really hardcore into journalism. I think that never was my thing. I don't know why. You get you get a lot of let's let's just say it's a it's a mix mixture of very different people kind of meshed together in one space when when you're studying journalism because you get people who are more into the video side of things or TV, other people more into radio, which was my case, and you know people who love writing kind of feature stories or stories about the nature. So you kind of see everyone has their own, own interests. Um, and I guess that's why you have beats in journalism. Um, people are interested more in, you know, kind of conservation or in, I don't know, domestic violence type of stories or women's rights or, you know, whatever the case might be. So it's kind of interesting to be in a in the same room with all these different types of people. So what kind of journalism have you done? Or, or did, did you n- never really do journalism? I, journalism? I, I, when I went to SABC, that was my first job. I was a, a news producer at, at the SABC in their News and Current Affairs department. As in Auckland Park? Yes, as in Auckland Park. <laughs> I was a, <laughs> I was a, a radio journalist there. Um, I m- mostly covered like everything. Um, I think when you start out, like they give you all the stories, all <laughs> yeah. the stories that no one else wants. As you say, <laughs> a huge variety simply because there's a lot of like things other people don't want to do. Someone's <laughs> building a bunch of pools somewhere, cover the story, you know, like um, it was kind of all these off-cut type of stories, but there they were stories that I really enjoyed doing as well. Um, I think especially when it came to agriculture because I grew up in a farm. Yeah, you, you would have a unique insight and, and hopefully you would be able to use some of that insight into writing about yes. and give it a, a, a nice texture. Yes. That potentially that, yes. that somebody else who didn't have that exactly. would, would, you know, it would be absent in theirs. Yes. Oh, well, so okay. I think stuff like that kind of, uh, I was drawn to that. Um, good news stories, I think, was always my big thing. You know, you, you could yeah, say no. it's, it's soft news, but um, I liked writing about things that made people positive because I f- just feel like, you know, in the times that we live, I enjoyed kind of the feedback that we got from those types of stories as well, where, you know, someone would send a message or say, you know, thank you for this. Like, it's such a kind of breath of fresh air to kind of have an hour-long news show um, about all the crazy things that's happening in the world. And then here and there, there's like just like a little bit of a spark of joy. Mm. Um, and I love that. Um, we, we had, uh, I think it was one day uh, of good news on on FM brilliant. one day that was spearheaded by Doreen from yeah. from our newsroom who said can can we do do we think that for one day we could only report on good news um and we did and it it was it was almost freaky yes because you're so accustomed to oh, not that yes you know, or oh can you believe um you know that happened exactly. or it's just like shock after and and unfortunately <laughs> Bad news sells. It does. Um, so they, there's a thing that that says um, in journalism. They say if it bleeds, it leads. Yes, right. I'm so familiar with this. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, I loved, I loved doing it. I learned so much um, working as a radio journalist. Um, and you know, when I was working as an intern as well, I you know got to go to the court courts and you know covered stories with the journalists that I went with. And um, yeah, it's it's hard work. I have a lot of respect for people 
people who kind of put their whole lives and their souls and everything they have into stories. Mm. Um, the things I've seen some of the people, the people that I've worked with do the stories that they've written and series that they've made. It's, yeah, it's, it's brilliant. So I take, I take my hat, hat off to people. Then, then, of course, my mind jumps to journalists in kind of war-torn areas and stuff like that. The, right. the, the, the fact that you, as, as, as an unarmed civilian, yes. you would put yourself in mortal danger to tell the truth. And you go to out. To tell the story. And, I mean, in radio, if you, you have to you take a, the recording equipment with you. Yeah. That's all you have. And uh, Thank you, goodness for those flash mics now. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> my goodness. I was always afraid to, to go near that equipment because they were like, this costs uh, so always... much and um, don't touch it, don't break it. So I was like, okay, I'll have someone else deal with that for yeah. me. <laughs> Uh, from the SABC, where to? Uh, I went to MoneyWeb after that. Oh. I, yeah, I kind of still worked in, so in the in uh, African Estates. Media Entertainment Group. Yes, <laughs> yes, in our group. Yeah. Um, and I worked as a producer for a current, of, uh, not a current affairs, a business and finance show, um, which went out on Arisgeer. Right. Oh, it's still going out on Arisgeer. Yes. And it's basically business and finance news, you know, the economy, budgets, um, stuff like that. So it's, I was pr- producing a show f- for that. Yeah, and mm. I, I suppose the challenge there is to breathe some kind of life into it because otherwise it's it's very stale, yes. fact-based it is. Reporting. It definitely is. And, and the presenter and uh, editor of MoneyWeb, Greg van Niekerk, that I worked with, brilliant. And I learned so much from him. And I think kind of taking guidance from someone who has so much, you know, knowledge in, in certain places in, in the industry or in finance and business and our, you know, our country's economy. Um, I think for me, what I loved most about that um, is we got to share so many stories about entrepreneurs and that's one thing that I just loved doing is speaking to entrepreneurs and them telling us their stories of how they built their businesses from like the bottom up. Yeah, the um, story of um, nine failures, one success. Exactly. And, and the tenacity required to yes. say this was a mess. And thinking but out I'm of the doing box. doing something else again. Right? Someone yeah. who just kind of stands up or pick, picks themselves themselves up and just say I'm going to do something else or because I started at MoneyWeb just before the pandemic and then three months in the pandemic hit that made, um, yeah, that made financial reporting <laughs> really interesting and very doom and gloomish right? so, so obviously there was no shortage of news yeah. um, and how you know the economy was coping with with all of it but during that time which would, what was so interesting to me is is kind of what I mentioned before was the you know kind of sparks of kind of light that comes through certain things is is talking to people who lost everything because of the pandemic and just made a plan mm-hmm. and kind of grew into this amazing business and getting the support and still growing and and so for me that was the stuff that kind of also got me through my job um, because it was difficult you know I think for everyone working through the pandemic and and hearing other people's stories that kind of kept me motivated throughout throughout the whole thing so um, yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed telling people stories in that way and being able to kind of give people a platform to to say, hey, you know, it's not the end of the world if everything falls down. I mean, a lot of the times it's really difficult, um, but you can pick yourself up and go forward. And I think that that was nice for me to to be able to hear that and also have that being shared with so many people. Mm. Mm. Was uh, Jacaranda FM the next stop? It was. Okay. It was yes. Also. And- 
you were the producer of, of the scenic drive with three on. Yes, I was. Okay. I was. That was a whole different um, experience. It's completely different than um, than you know the, the business and finance world, um, which I got so used to. You know, setting up interviews with big CEOs and and you know um, kind of commentators on or analysts. You know, people who who knew a lot about this. Then it kind of catapulted me into the entertainment industry and um, kind of you know. Radio programming that I wasn't, that I that I never really experienced before. Yeah, I love some of the um, behind the behind stories that that I still get from um, people you would have worked with mm-hmm. at Jacaranda about some of the other people in the industry, and some of their quirks and, yes. and stuff like that. It's a very interesting industry to be in. Uh, yeah, and boy, doesn't ego play a huge role a lot of the time. It does, <laughs> so. and it's. It's an interesting thing because, I mean, I think everywhere in life, in some type of way, you are going to find a whole bunch of different people, right? Um, and people who have, you know, different quirks and egos and so on. And I think um, what's, for me, what's great about being in radio is you get, you, you learn how to work with different types of people. And um, you learn so much about yourself in that process because you're like, oh, wow, I've never really experienced this type of person before Mm. um how do i you know approach this person or how do i work with them or how do i kind of figure out how i can move in this space with certain types of people and and a whole different bunch of people because i mean in radio you get it's not just one type of person right (laughs) i mean you know no it would be so much easier (laughs) if it was (laughs) so it's interesting it keeps you on your toes and that's fun yeah what sparked the decision to move back to algoa country Oh man, I loved Joburg and I loved being there. Um, I think with my parents still in Craddock, I was never able to see them a lot. Um, I have siblings overseas, so I'm kind of, you know, the the only one left. Right. <laughs> and I, th- I don't know, I felt like it was time for me to, to just uh, be back home. And uh, I think it's strange how life can throw you in a different direction, even though you didn't make that decision at that time you're like oh, i'll do it later you know like one <laughs> one day i will you know go back home or i'll i'll move to this place or i'll do that but then life's just like no you're going in this direction now mm. and it's interesting how you kind of end up where you feel like okay this is this is good like yeah. i didn't plan this yeah. but it's it's really good for me that i've you know ended up being back home yeah. and no I really love Joburg I, I think I'm, I'm so grateful for all the, all the experiences that I had there and all the you know life experience work experience all the lessons that I've learned I, it wouldn't have been possible if I hadn't moved there you know on my own from Craddock mm. um, I remember I was driving from Poch where I studied I had a, a Nissan uh, Bucky with a canopy on it and I had to like put all my belongings in there and I moved straight from Potch to Joburg and like 10 days later started working and it was so scary because I didn't know Joburg at all yeah um, and <laughs> that's intimidating it through the, the scale of it and the traffic for I know I mean yeah. in Craddock we don't have one like <laughs> you know stop lights I, I or it. robots so um no, it was interesting. I learned a lot, but it's it's good to be it's good to be here. And now, of course, I'll go AFM's copywriter. Yes. So for for people, I mean, who listen to radio, um, radio in generally makes their money through advertising, particularly right. commercial radio, mm. of which we are um, one of the six original regional stations mm. um, that used to belong to the SABC. Then were obviously privatized, um, and now we are a multimedia company, um, but again a commercial broadcaster. So the the ads that go on air have to be 
conceptualized by someone, um, written yeah. by someone, <laughs> voiced by someone, produced by someone, etc., mm. etc. Et yeah, there's a there's a, a big process that goes into that. Yeah, and also something completely new for me. Um, and I'm it's a big challenge. It's it's interesting to to you know meet with different businesses and clients and 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 kind of figure out what their visions are for their brands and um yeah it's a, it's an interesting process from conceptualizing to actually getting the script down and approved and you know you have to constantly think of what music would go with this you know what voice mm -hmm. would sound right in this concept um and yeah, just hats off to our production guys because they are they're sharp. They're amazing. They're really, really, really <laughs> sharp. I just want to be like a fly on the wall sometimes and just sit there and see what they do. Well, I, sit, I, I sit opposite one of the production <laughs> studios as you do, and I watch this sometimes. Yes, you see like, the magic happen and unfold before you also your see eyes. The steam coming out <laughs> of their ears, which is, which is relevant. Afraid that the studio might like catch fire at any moment. <laughs> Precisely. Well, that is a little bit more about Annalou Larue, our in-house copywriter now, and the lady who was on air seven to ten last night and yes. will be again this coming Saturday. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure. Nice to so get fun. to know a little bit more about you. Yeah. Wherever you go, take us along for the ride. Algoa FM.